BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. October 22nd, 27th, wow, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl, and it's time to get in the weeds. And my God, we are crashing into the weekend. Let me tell you, we are all just on the ride. So uh, with that in mind, Jeremy Lambert's here. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? You look good. Your hair is immaculate. Uh, Shout out to my stylist then, in that case. Hi, Joel. I'm good. It's Friday, Friday. We're here to get down on Friday. Shout out to the goat, Rebecca Black. Hell yeah, the best. Um, I'm very confused right now. I'm reading that Impact just officially announced, even though this has been out for a while, that their final resolution show that's happening in Toronto, in Mississauga to be exact, is December 9th, and tickets go on sale Friday, November 3rd. And then on socials, it's the it says December twelfth, Saturday. Nah, <laughs> dates are just a figment of our imagination, Joel. So the ninth is the actual date. The twelfth is a Tuesday. So somebody just messed up on the uh, on the graphic, I guess. Can't can't blame Garrett. Yeah. He does the copy. I don't think he does the graphics. Anyway, yeah. I was just reading that this morning. Uh, I just noticed it right now. Anyway, they just deleted it, so I'm sure they're fixing it. Oh, did they? Okay, well, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad. That they, oh, yeah, there it is. It's gone. Anyway, uh, glad to point that out on the air. So clearly, we're off to a wonderful <laughs> rousing start. It's Friday. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, I know we're going to fill our time. And uh, yeah, here we go. I, I, what do I usually say we uh, do this, the, the thumbs up thing is good. Do that. Go ahead and subscribe to us here. If I feel overbooked, we're doing well with the subs, but we can do better. So go tell your friends about the show, would you? Okay. And uh, of course, if you want to donate a super chat, you can. Any amount of question or statement around the air. And of course, we talk about it a little bit. As long as, long as you know, don't, don't say anything super shitty. Okay. Those people, we don't need that. Did you just curse? Uh, the S word will be fine. Are you sure? I thought that word got us in trouble. We we get golden dollar sign just at random at this point. Trent can't say that word, so mm-hmm. I don't think we can say it. Well, he's not on broadcast television saying it. Or is it Chucky? Who who wants to say the S word? I forget. Uh, I think it's Trent. Okay. I think I'm not sure. I just say things. That's kind of what I'm here for. This is the two hour. Listen, okay. Let's just let's just okay. You're, so, Are you okay, Joel? No, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm I'm all over the place this morning. Let me tell y'all a little bit about my morning. This is a morning show, 
So clearly this is just what happens. Woke up this morning. My my kid was um, making a little noise, being a little whiny. And it was about 7 o'clock. It's usually when I'm up. <clears throat> and he's... He's, he's, he's good with sleep. He is. He usually sleeps well and through the night and so on and so forth. And it's, it's rare when I wake up and he's up and whiny like that. So I get up, I get his breakfast ready, get things going. And uh, he, I, I grab him and I notice that uh, his, his bed was uh, a little bit of a mess. He didn't poop. It was the other side. So uh, grab him, do the thing and get him out. Long story short, he ended up throwing up on me this morning, and that's the first time it's happened in 19 months that I've had him. So that was unexpected. So my day has been thrown off entirely. Justified you deserve it chant. For what? I don't know. Because. Because? Because. Because. That's why. Wow. That's kind of upsetting. I said it was justified, Joel. So did Tony, but he was wrong. Anyway, let's keep going. He's he's for those asking, he's feeling okay. He's uh, he's a little lethargic. He's a little wobbly, but he'll be okay. He's, I hope uh, he feels better. I hope he keeps throwing up on you, though. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's not. I jumped in the shower real quick. My wife took him for a minute. It was very helpful. But anyway, I uh, got a couple of super chats right off the bat. Jet Town Spurs says, "I need a new black suit for all these AEW funerals." Uh, just ask Alex Shelley. He only has one suit, and it's black. It's okay. He'll he'll lend it to you if you fit into it. And uh, music and moon salts. Let's get this really started. Sting is dumb. How many times has Ric Flair double-crossed the man? I'm sure this time things will be different. Well, do you want to start with Dynamite? Might as well. It goes boom. It does go boom. And clearly it's gone boom because, you know, Jeremy, the ratings discourse again. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the ratings. Ric Flair was a special guest. The special gift wasn't health insurance. It wasn't a union. It's your hand up. What's up? All right, I'm going to, in the the sake of transparency for our audience, I don't want, I don't know how many people worry about me. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm out of it today, everybody. Uh, I want to, I want to be fair to our audience who might, I don't know what kind of expectations people are, have for me or anything. I if they watch this and they see that I'm kind of all over the place and glassy eyed and I can't tell what the hell is going on. As I told everybody a few weeks ago, I started medicine um, or I was going to start medicine. I started it last night. It's completely disoriented me. Uh, I probably don't look great. Uh, again, I feel I'm very all over the place. I, I feel I'm very down and uh, just zombified. Started medicine last night. It's kind of messed me up. That's all this is. I'm not on anything else. Uh, show will be fine. I just feel like I'm not myself right now and i want to be fair to our audience to to let everybody know that in case anybody for some reason was potentially worried continue with rick flair because that's how i look right now like an old man trying to figure out where the hell he is how's your liver is it black i hope it's better than black no i think it's better than that that's fair a couple of uh, ryan sullivan saying hey you're handsome as ever jeremy that's true and why soluble of course just happy to have you here with us i'm gonna eat this i apologize i'm gonna have the sucker on air everybody john moxley style my sugar feels very low after these this medicine and stuff too so i need some sugar we had trick-or-treating last night i got some candy trick-or-treat it's the 27th what are you trick-or-treating for bro don't ask me they apparently this place they're like yeah thursday this is what we're doing trick-or-treating on saying all right sure it doesn't make any sense i can't tell you why they do it but um 
yeah, that's the the Thursday. I think it's like the last Thursday of October. It's like, yeah, this is trick or treating day. Don't get it. Don't know. Don't care. But trick or treating was last night, so we got candy. Uh, Chris in the chat is saying trick or treating is a whole week thing now. I don't get it. We're we're going like tomorrow and the next day. There's there's like Halloween parties because it's the weekend, and like we're gonna go because it's kids stuff to do. And like, yeah, we'll probably find something in our building on this Tuesday on the actual Halloween. And and daycare was like dress them up if you want, but like, yeah, we haven't done a full week of trick. That's wild. A week, yeah, that's insane. I could get all that. Yeah, that's how much candy these people have. They can pass out a week. I wouldn't get y'all nothing. Yeah, well, speaking of nothing, Ric Flair showed up on Dynamite. <laughs> this gift sucked. Yeah. I'd be so, I'd be so mad if they gave me Ric Flair trick or treat, and here's Ric Flair. Like, Do no you have the gift receipts. Where's the, that's a trick, not a treat. Like, can I just get my full size candy bar, dude? I don't want this old man. What's happening here? There's this. There's okay. I it's and I've 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 thought about this and I've been going back and forth and the immediate thing that I was thinking was like. Dude's gonna Tony Khan is is going to and and this is where don't please don't get weird chat. You'll bar Hulk Hogan for being a racist from being on your shows, and you'll bar him from every venue you go to. But Ric Flair, a week or two after you made jokes about sexual assault allegations and Vince McMahon and all that, you like come and join us till March, brother. That was weird to me. And it's not a direct, I, I, the only reason there's a direct comparison is because Hogan and, and Flair are of the same time frame and same vintage. What they did and what, what they, what they are um, currently known for are different situations, neither of which are good and neither of which should be celebrated. It's just a direct frustration for me. And you can tell me a million times, oh, well, Flair put Sting over in 1990 at the Bastion. That's great. Wonderful. 30 years ago, 35 years ago, Tony was talking about it. It was a big deal. Great. Wonderful. Why? Why is Ric Flair here to ride the coattails of Sting one last time? This old man is doing great just getting high with Mike Tyson. And talking about shit on a podcast. Nobody believes you then. Why are you bringing it to television? It's just, I'm starting with it now because I actually have positive things to say about Dynamite. I typically do find a few things that are good, but this was- Joel hates AEW. We'll talk about that. And it just doesn't make sense. There's, There's just this weird, like, what are we doing here? It's very strange. I don't like it. This man came out. So, you know, they hyped up the gift and everything. Um, I'll tell the story right quick. You had that that health insurance tweet. It's health insurance. Uh, that, that I think Sean retweeted it, and that's why it got over more. It was a good tweet, though. Thank you. He retweeted it, and then he talked about it on the air. And that oh, okay. was, else came over. Mute this now. <laughs> yeah, so it was a... <clears throat> It was a good tweet. Um, and my buddy Samer, who I've mentioned on the air before, it's like my best friend who I've never met. He messages it to me and he goes, oh, this is a good tweet. And I'm like, that's a guy I do a podcast with three times a week. And he's just like, oh, well, Samer doesn't watch my shows. So I don't blame him. I don't no, blame him. That or the, 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 the better bits of that is you're not memorable enough to that he's like, oh yeah, that's this is the guy you do the podcast with, right? He just knows I do a bunch of podcasts. He didn't know who my co-hosts are. Um, 
but it popped up. So I thought that was funny that he saw it and didn't realize it was you who I do the podcast with. Ric Flair's music hits and uh, the wife and I are sitting watching. I was like, oh, they got Ric Flair. And she's like, huh? What? Why? So I don't know. Just look. He's on the TV screen. He's like, yeah, sure. This. I don't mind it as the gift, like as a one night thing. Is it a little hypocritical after all the stuff you said about Vince and oh, Hulk Hogan's band and all this stuff? Yeah. Like Flair's kind of the same thing. It he didn't get charged with anything. He whatever settled how he settled whatever happened there. It's the same thing, right? Like ain't too much difference here. It's all public eye stuff. If you want that to be the gift, it clearly meant a lot to Sting. Bless Sting and his naive little heart. It clearly meant a lot to him. So as a one night thing, like eh, wasn't for me, but like I kind of get it. And Flair going to business for himself and is like, I'm going to be here every week. Like, <laughs> So, so I mean, Wrestling Observer said that he's there till March, which is like, if that's the case, and that, that's newsletter. I don't think that was radio. I think that was Dave on the newsletter saying that. If that's the case, holy shit. <laughs> and if it's every week, holy shit. They don't, so this is what I said yesterday on Spotlight. I'm done with Adam Edge for weekly television right now. Thankfully, he's been awful, but um, I don't need to see Ric Flair every week. I don't I don't know what he adds to the presentation of Sting and Darby outside of old man just walking around, and he's going to flare it up, and I don't want to see any of that. He's going to be ringside for these men, you know, woo, strutting and all this other this nonsense. He's going to try to chop somebody. He's probably going to try to wrestle and everything. I don't want to see any of it. I don't, and I know he's going to do. You know, a shock points out that he did 1.2 million on YouTube. He's going to do YouTube numbers. Adam Edge does YouTube numbers. All these guys do YouTube numbers because that's the WWE generation. I don't know if that's true or not, but like these guys, they they're over on YouTube, sure. But like, it's not good television. It's not. I don't want to see it on my television screen. I don't want to see Ric Flair for three months, four months, however friggin' months are left. Uh, I don't want to see any of it i i don't think rick flair at, and that's my my biggest thing it's not even that like flair is all the stuff that goes with him which none of it's good it's that he doesn't add to the product he doesn't add anything he might end up turning on sting i'm now afraid that sting's last match is sting and darby against flair and andrade i'm afraid that that's the last match now is flair still doing a show no he's not doing it with connie is he is flair still doing i don't know it stops and starts like every month at this point yeah yeah it's on play.it and then it's not (laughs) that's that's going way back but yeah that that oh god i see in the chat ryan's being like he makes sting look young sting wears face paint so sting's all right sting can wear face paint for the rest of his life and he'll always look young rick flair just oh buddy it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to keep him around. And I, if this is what we're doing, and, and I told you, like, if when we started talking about the gift and when we started talking about the announcement about Sting's retirement, we said, this feels like they're going to do a long-term story that builds to March for Revolution 2024, and it makes a big story finish for Sting. That's fine. And then they brought Ric Flair. And I told you on, you know, weeks before when they, or the week before when they announced this was the, there was going to be a gift. 
I was like, the gift is probably going to play into Revolution 2024. And unfortunately, that gift sauntered his drunk ass way down the aisle. He wasn't drunk. I was, you know, just it's flat. I don't thought those allegations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll keep that out there. He 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 was fine. He didn't look that way. He just sauntered his ass down the aisle. Said what he said. And his, whatever. The promo was coherent. And it was fine for Flair. And he then basically said, "I'm here till March. I'm gonna be on the ride with you." And I sat there and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't mean it like this." And unfortunately, that's what we're getting. It sounds like. Whether it's weekly or whether it's just for the storyline beats with Sting, we're stuck. And if it does become the Sting and Darby versus Flair and Andrade, you got to tell me a story that's not, this is my son-in-law. Sting turns on, just Sting turns on friggin', or not Sting, uh, Flair turns on Sting because that's the, it's in the story for three decades now, is Flair turns on Sting. like, And then he just gets Andrade because why the hell not? Why you know what? Let's Sting get the upper hand this time. Let's well, Sting, Sting. In this case, I think Sting wins his last match. Then he pins Flair. If that's going to be the last match, and Sting is going to win the last match. God help us all. So does that mean? Do you think that they're going to do uh, the pay per view in like Greensville or something, and do a real like throwback TBS right. match thing? Yeah, Green Greensboro. Let's go to let's go to North Carolina. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if this is the direction. I'm afraid that this is the direction now. I don't I don't like it. And here's I guess it pops the nostalgia fans or whatever. This just kind of feels like and I've talked about this before. It feels like this is against what AEW was originally about. And I know they've used legends before. Don't like Arn Anderson was there at the very start. Arn Anderson was, you know, aligned with Cody with everything right jake roberts was there aligned with lance archer they sting coming in all this stuff is great why not there's arn has had i don't arn hasn't really had any like major issues i don't think jake has had just like a abuse stuff that substance abuse um arn arn just blocked malachi black yeah kick yeah DDP, um yeah like it's not that they haven't used legends and stuff before but they haven't used someone that the fan base the aew fan base i should say has been turned off by i don't know if like aew fans and largely what i mean by that is a very strong online fan base you know when arn comes out uh, the fans are like oh arn this is great we love him he's with cody ddp oh this is cool like cody cody's the really uh, what, what you need to tie this all together jake it's like oh this is cool you know he got over all of his stuff and kind of has redeemed himself and stuff. Sting, uh, everyone was a big fan to, to see Sting. Anytime they've used some of these legends, it's generally been well received from the hard online fan base. Flair, I didn't see any of that. Everyone who was, yeah, Tull is another one. Everyone who typically enjoys AEW were totally against Flair. Everyone who I I follow, and I know I don't follow everybody. I try not to look at too much stuff, but for the people that I'm familiar with, and for a large kind of vocal minority, uh, I will say that like all turned off by Flair. Now, but does he draw in kind of casual people? I don't know if like the quarters are, are out. Yeah, I don't know if Thurston has those. I said like I hope. They brought out Flair and everything just fell off a cliff because that'd be hilarious to me. Absolutely hilarious. Um, but I don't know if this is what 
the hardcore fans like really want to see. I don't know if they want Ric Flair. I don't know if they want him every single week. I think Flair has done so much damage to the eyes in the eyes of the hardcore fans that this ain't going to hit with them. And again, from what I saw, um, Oh, Chai Town Spire says it was Dark Order and RVD where the ratings tumbled. I mean, Whoops. I love Van Dam. Like, he still, he still got it. But that was, let's be honest, that was a cold match against a cold team in, in Dark Order. And Hook, they ain't doing really anything with outside of here's Rob Van Dam in Philly. Now, here's just random match with Art. There's no real story with Hook and RVD. It's just, hey, man, you, you're Taz's son. Here's someone Taz was with in ECW. You're a team now. It's like, all right, cool. But that's kind of it with it. Um, a live crowd loved. Yeah, I'm sure the live crowd did love uh, Van Dam. Are you talking about Flair? Did the live crowd love Flair, Ryan Sullivan? It's, I assume they probably did. I saw all the people like bowing and stuff. Like he's he's gonna get the pop. Vince McMahon gets the pop, right? Like you hear no chance. It's like ah, yeah. Who cares about all this other stuff? It's Vince. No chance. From Flair's what, gonna get that pop. From what I was told and from what i heard from others it was one of those like immediate like oh my god he's here and then people were just like oh wait oh he oh that's right and then it was kind of like all right we we're not as happy anymore yeah he's he's gonna get he's gonna get that pop every week when the the music hits and he kind of comes out it's like oh it's rick flair like people are excited initially and then once maybe the the things calm a little bit they're like oh okay mm, i don't know about this yeah it's not it's not the cool young promotion now like chris kind of says it like aw stopped being the the young cool promotion now just brings in every available wwe retread it's like not they're not totally there but they're they're getting there a little bit like flair flair's a jump the shark moment for me like i don't need it i impact tna was doing this stuff two decades ago maybe a decade like a decade ago they're bringing in flair and now you're doing it like what are we doing what are we doing that's what's funny to me is the 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 tna allegations are gonna come faster than you think and they already have but like if you keep doing stuff like if, if you bring in edge which you did you bring in flair which you did you brought in bischoff for a cup of coffee you did a bunch of research some of this is like okay though like some of it was okay again all the names that you mentioned leading up to your point a hundred percent when AEW started and they started bringing in these legends and they paired them with their their talent and they got the talent over by using the legends that stuff was fantastic i can say no bad thing about that about watching that week to week again jake roberts with lance archer did huge things for lance archer on aw television sting and darby did massive business not just for the company but for darby allen as well there has been a lot of really positive things that come from bringing these legends in blair is not the first but certainly the first big name where you're just like the hell are we doing here what's the point who are you putting over if you put over andrade again i go back to what i said earlier the story needs to be more than you married my daughter Nah, i mean i mean like that could be the story right that could be the story why <laughs> why can it be the story why can't it be something more than that because the that's the connection 
that that's a connection. It's like, hey, this is my son-in-law. Why wouldn't he want to be aligned with him? You call Darby your son. This is my actual son-in-law helping me. I don't want. Who else are you gonna put? Who? What? I, I don't want to be in a tag team with my brother-in-law. I don't want to be in a tag team with my father-in-law. Well, Rick Flair's much. Work, I don't want to go to work with them either. All right, but that's you. Like Flair clearly has a good connection with his son-in-law. Like he. Uh, is a good connection with his son-in-law. Why wouldn't he want to team with him? That can be the story. Like, I don't, I don't mind if Andrade is who he ends up. To. Who else are you going to pair him with? Like, who makes sense to pair with Ric Flair? He's there, right? The, the what makes sense is Ric Flair not being there. Uh, but he's there. So who <laughs> are you going to pair him with? You know what's the what? There are two names, and you know exactly who they are. I don't honestly. My brain doesn't function today. Jeff Jarrett and Jay. Oh wait, that doesn't get anybody over. Jay Lethal is the other one. Uh, Didn't say I wanted. What's the, what's the story it, there, though, Joel? The what's story the story? There, we we fought in TNA. We have a longevity in TNA. This is what happened. We have a segment that made the, you know that put TNA. Yeah, let's reference TNA and be like, hey, remember our history in TNA and that woo off promo? The son in law story is much better. That's the entirety of the the Jeff Jarrett alliance with the, with those other three. That's basically what Jeff Jarrett's doing now. Is hey, remember us? We were all in TNA together. Whoop whoop. Let's go. Now the 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 son in law story makes sense. Of like, this is my son in law helping me because you have your son, uh, Darby Allen. It makes sense. The pairing makes sense. Like, I don't think there's another pairing that really makes sense for Flair. You can pair him with anybody and give some erroneous backstory that makes it, uh, you know, kind of that ties it together. But I, I don't know why you're so down on the, the son-in-law thing. I think it makes sense. I just, I just expect more. That's all. I just expect more. Whatever it is, I just expect more. What do we say on this show, Joel? Don't have expectations. Don't. They just brought in Ric Flair as this big surprise. If you had any expectations at this point, that should have nixed it right there. We're, when we're talking about this, has never been done in the history of wrestling. We've never had a gift like this. This friggin' old man who can barely walk is the big gift. Has there ever been a time in wrestling, by the way, where the gift was the old man? I'm sure it's happened. And I just want to be like Tony Schiavone, promotional malpractice. Chi-Town Spurs sent a super chat saying when Ric Flair showed up, it was probably the first time I changed the channel off of Live Dynamite. And now it's till March uh, for F's sake. Yeah, man, I get it. Some people are going to be super turned off. Some people are going to keep watching and that's fine. It's just, it's a really weird, it's just a weird gift to give. And William Rapp said, uh, it, it, it opens TK to asking him questions on risk, Rick's allegations. And I don't think people are going to because it hasn't happened in AEW. People might be like, why did you choose to bring in Ric Flair instead of Hulk Hogan, who you blah, 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 everything we just talked about. But then what's he going to say? He's going to be like, oh, there's a storied rivalry in history between Sting and Ric Flair, blah, 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 dynamite every Wednesday at 8. You know, Jeremy does it way better than I do. But the point is, anyone who asks is probably going to be given the promoter answer of just like, we thought about it hard and deep and da, 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 da. And we brought him in because of Sting, not because of his allegations. And that'll be that. Most likely. Yeah. That's going to be the answer on things, you know? I, I don't know if he's going to get asked. The next media call probably isn't until before full gear. He might do some local radio shows. I don't think anybody's going to ask him there. They'll just be like, hey, you got Ric Flair. This rules. That'll be the thing. So he won't have to address it. 
maybe the media call he gets asked, maybe the post press conference he gets asked, but it wasn't asked about the lethal stuff. And some of that, I, I know why, but you know, he wasn't asked there. So I don't know if he's going to be asked about flair. Uh, why solo will call me up for saying hard and deep. Yes. When I said it, I definitely caught myself. <laughs> Hard and deep. Uh, Will Chisholm sent a very generous super chat. Let's tackle this real quick. Yes, Will. Thank you very much, Will. It's not weird. It just makes Tony Khan look bad when he does the when he does this high and mighty stuff. The fans can't pick and choose when we want to be what we want to be upset about because it's our childhood. I hate when WWE brings out Hogan. It's the way I'm sure the women feel. Um, yeah, the women part. I mean, we well we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but I mean with Tony, it's true. You can't play high and mighty. And talk about, you know, the Vince McMahon allegations and tweets. And then a week later, trot out Ric Flair, who has on, you know, multiple platforms talked about sexual assaults. He told this was this was always what was interesting to me was he tells the story on his uh, his document. What was the, the, the what was the one that by, it was the, the dark side of the moon, or dark side of the ring. Dark side of the moon is a really good album. Uh, the dark side of the ring where they did the plane ride from hell and Rick tells the story about the, the, the stewardesses and all that stuff. And I said, Oh my God, he just told word for word, the same story that he told on an episode of WWE story time yeah. where they, they did a whole animation. And I know there was someone on Twitter who did like a side by side juxtaposition of the two stories being told. And we didn't do shit after the story time thing. Cause it didn't come out uh, to such a big audience as it did with vice. It was a cartoon. So, so people thought it was funny. Well, that's that's another thing. People, it was all how it was told, and then it was framed differently, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, we should have listened." No, you should have listened the first time. But regardless, yeah, Tony Tony brought this guy out after spending and it was, time saying otherwise. And when the dark side of the ring came out, wasn't that the big theory? Because that was when Andrade came in, and everyone was like, "Oh, Flair's going to be with Andrade." That was not even a theory. I think that was a report at the time. Like, yeah, they're bringing in Flair. They're bringing in Flair, and then that came out. And it iced it. It was Dark Side of the Ring, everybody. Like, that's where they, I don't know if Flair told the story on Dark Side. The stewardess, I'm pretty sure, was on Dark Side, though. He um, may have said, he may have told the story on 30 for 30 as well. He has, yeah, told he may the story have multiple times. And this isn't, yeah. whenever it became big news, it was not the first time he had told it publicly. Yeah. Um. So he was supposed to come in then, reportedly. And then the 30 for, or the Dark Side heat was on. That's when he got removed from the WWE intro and all this stuff. And so they yanked him from AEW at that time. Now, two years later, they're like, hey, it's been two years. Nothing really got cleared up, but it's been two years. Let's bring Rick back in. Let's let's go. Let's bring Rick in now. Yay. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm with you. Tony can't, can't be tweeting that stuff. Um, and then two weeks later, bring in Flair and act like, everything's cool. Like, I think you gotta, I don't know if you gotta clarify it. It feels like you gotta do something though, but what do we just see? What? This is going to bring in Hogan. <laughs> just be like, there, are you happy? And everyone's going to be like, not what we wanted. Not what we thought he would do. Yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's just something he could do is be like, well, you had a problem with Hogan. Guess what? Now we don't. And we'll be like, that's not the answer. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It just, for me, even, I don't want to say like throw, throw off, throw out all the allegation stuff with, with flair and everything as a television viewer for me personally, I, I got just no interest as, as a television viewer. I just don't want to see 70 year old Ric Flair out there. I don't, I, if I can separate performer from the, the person and everything, I just don't want to see these old dudes out there who don't add anything to, to the television product. Sting, I feel still adds something, especially the way they use him. Flair, I don't think adds anything, and I didn't want to see him. And happy birthday, Sting. Happy retirement. Here's Ric Flair. I'm sure to a certain degree, Sting, like you said, is happy, is excited. He is. Look how happy that man was. Yeah. Like, I saw somebody in the chat say it is like the worst part about all this is like, we might not like it, but Sting was like genuinely excited for this. It's like, yeah, he was. And I like that's that's Sting clearly has this, you know, when he was mentioning all those dudes that uh put him over and stuff and he even said when he said hulk hogan and the crowd boos and things like oh okay like i i get it but like sting feels indebted to these people through his career he really feels indebted to them and that's sting's history with them so clearly he liked it and like that's what kind of makes it feel even more awkward is that sting feels so good about it so now we're all like ah well sting likes it so maybe it's kind of okay i don't know it's the ongoing art art versus artist conversation. And everyone has a different breaking point, a different a different point at which they decide not to support the person at all, whether they want to support the artist for the art that they've created, or whether they just want to ignore everything and just keep going as you know, they still think that the person is amazing. There are different levels to it, and everybody's going to react differently. Some people are going to be like, nope, dude should be off my TV completely and entirely forever and ever because of what they did. Other people are going to say, okay, bring them on, but only for the wrestling, and that's all I want to think about because wrestling is an escape, it's television. Or they're going to be like, I don't give a shit. Didn't happen to me. Therefore, everything's okay. Um, That's kind of where we're at. And with Sting, I'm not saying Sting is one of those people. But Sting, like you said, Jeremy, he feels indebted to these people that he mentioned. Because he went up and down the roads with them. He had matches with them. His experience is innately different than the ones we have of hearing about them and watching them for the 20, 25 minutes a week we would see them. We don't know what happened. We only hear the stories. We can only go by what's out there. But Sting lived around these people, worked with them, and traveled with them. It's a different experience. We can't take that away from him. Yeah. Again, he's happy. He seemed very happy. He, I'm sure he's fine if Rick wants to be there every week. He's like, oh, cool. Traveling buddy Ric Flair. Again, this is great. I'm sure that it'll excite Sting. And that's kind of what sucks is that... I I want Sting to be happy. I like Sting. 
And, you know, it's going to make him happy. To me, as a television viewer, ain't great television for me. You know, they're going to do this six-man match, as we kind of talked about the other week when we talked about Sting's last run here, his final months. We we figured, we even said, this would be the match that they do because they were very clearly setting it up. Adam Edge is going to be the uh, third man for that team, I assume. That's what makes the most sense. And we're going to be off with that. But it just wasn't... Not my AEW. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It just... I didn't like it. I don't know how else I can I can put it. I didn't like it. I don't want to see it. It doesn't feel like it just feels like it's too much for AEW. It feels like it's too much and it's just not good. Like the nostalgia pop stuff is getting a little overboard right now. And again, Flair felt like a jump the shark moment of hey, here's Ric Flair. Let's just bring him in for the sake of bringing him in. Again, as a one-off, okay. Okay, I'm I'm a little less harsh as a one-off. Him being there every week, no time for it. Wilchism such a super chat saying Tony's going to bring in Tessa Blanchard next. LOL. Who knows? Who knows? Save the women's division at least. Yeah, everyone's going to save the women's division. Uh, And Kim Gray sends a super chat. Thank you, Kim, saying, when we met Sting, my husband asked him who his greatest opponent was. He answered Ric Flair. He loves that man regardless. He does. And he does. And again, there is nothing wrong with that because their relationship is completely different than the relationship that we have with Ric Flair so many years later. And like, I'm not going to throw Sting under the bus, but I am going to say back in the 90s, like Sting wasn't perfect either. I'm not saying allegations against him or anything like that, but like Sting admitted himself. He was not the greatest father or husband at one point, and then he turned his life around. So my point really to all this is there are layers to how you know these people and how you understand them and the public lives that they lead. Um, But but again, like Jeremy said, from a television standpoint, Ric Flair was not high on my bingo card either for people I wanted to see make a return and show up on my wrestling programming. One night's one thing. Four months, five months is kind of not of any interest to me. We should talk about it more. We should spend the next hour and a half talking about it. Should we? Okay, we could do that. Uh, Cody Wells wants to know, Jeremy, did you watch me hockey last night? No, I was out trick-or-treating. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Never saw it. Don't know what hockey is. I watched one of my supposed senators get uh, a 41-game suspension for sports betting. Yeah, that's a little much. He's in a weird position, too, because apparently there's like a qualifying offer on the table. He's got to sign it. He, only when he signs can he be suspended. I don't know what the deal with Shane Pinto is. I don't. But regardless, when I read it, I was like, Ottawa Senators never heard of them. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, Cody Wills also sent a super chat saying, what time will Impact Turning Point air in the UK since it's in the UK? So uh, the show is being taped, I believe, today. as It's like at 1 p.m. It's going to be taped live, and then it will be airing on November the 3rd, which is next. Uh, oh, sorry, November the, yeah, I think it's the 3rd. So next Friday is when Turning Point will air on the ultimate insiders or impact plus or whatever you use to watch your impact specials. So there was no live or taped show, whatever. There was no impact show last night because they were running bound for glory rematches, recap, whatever they were showing matches from bound for glory. So Krista and I didn't do a post show and they have a lot of shows in the can, Jeremy. I don't know what their taping schedule looks like or what their airing schedule looks like through the end of the year because it's a big mess, but they know. Apparently they got it figured out. They taped the two shows after Bound for Glory 
you just thought, okay, well, we're going to air these. But no, yesterday was just all Bound for Glory recap. So they have two shows in the can. They have, they're adding a third show with, cause they just taped the, the Glasgow show yesterday was a TV taping. I thought the Coventry show was a TV taping. Okay. One of the shows is a TV taping. Okay. I don't yeah. remember which one. Um, so they have, that'll be three shows turning points, its own show. So that's impact plus special final resolution. Um, I thought, okay. Uh, final resolution is a, a different Hold on. thing. We got to go backwards even. Okay. So let me, let me take you through this. And the worst part is, if you know the, the the spoilers from Chicago, a lot of it sets up turning point. So they're they've got thumbs up. They got two weeks of liminal messaging. Is how this show works. They have two weeks worth in the can for a show that airs next Friday. So they didn't show anything from this week. So they now have one week until the show that they're airing. That's a weird thing. The next part is yes. So they go to Coventry. They tape another week. Now we have another week in the can, and then the next show is the IPWF stuff, which is their interprovincial wrestling federation 80s throwback bs and that's apparently going to air through the weeks on access but also they're going to come back in december and do tapings in toronto for final resolution including the show and tv tapings and they're going to mexico sometime in november to tape for mexico tapings so somewhere in this ether of two months left in the year impact as it's known will have content but we don't know when it airs and we don't know like it's all leading to hard to kill by the way shout out to jordan grace who somehow got a hold of my tweet from last night about her and trinity's build to hard to kill but uh it's very strange i don't know what's going on i gotta cover it jeremy and the first thing i said to you was i don't know how the next two weeks are gonna look next two months let alone are gonna look oh good luck joel yeah i'm so confused it's exactly how i feel frantic world i don't know What'd you actually like from Impact, Joel? You said you were going to say nice things about you mean Dynamite AEW. Yeah, Dynamite. Yes. Sorry. Um, I enjoyed the Wardlow segment, the uh, the the pre-tape. Nah, let me tell you about this, Joel. Wardlow's being a little bitch. You want MJF that bad? He's on TV for the first thirty minutes. Show up and beat his ass. Quit well, talking. What I really liked about the Wardlow segment is that he says the hooks of the devil have been in, have been put inside of me, or whatever it was. I'm starting to think that Wardlow was one of the people who attacked Jay White and that he's still not aligned with MJF, but that he's involved somehow in the beatdown of Bang Bang Gang. Why isn't he just the devil then? He could be the devil, but he's too big to be the devil in that costume. It'd be very funny if he turned out to be the devil. I actually wouldn't hate it, but uh, I enjoyed that. The Swerve Home Invasion obviously was high on the list. Uh, why Swerve didn't steal the baby? I don't know. Could have put that baby on a pole. Baby theft angle is what we're condoning now. That's fine. Listen, all bets are off the table now that Ric Flair has made an appearance in AEW. Why is this kid being left alone in the house? So wrestlers not lock their doors either. What are we doing? He lives in the middle of nowhere. People do that sometimes. I do not live in the middle of nowhere. Live in a major urban city. We lock our doors. But some people. This is the friend's influence on professional wrestling. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be uh, following friends where none of these idiots lock their doors so people would just burst in at any time. I think the story became that Hangman's wife was asleep in the next room and didn't wake up through all of this. Maybe she took a sleeping pill. Mm. I don't know. I see, I, I see Cinder Nord saying that the internet's running wild about CM Punk being the devil. <laughs> that, someone literally put hashtag tinfoil when they talked about this. So I don't think they were being as serious as other people have taken it. Uh, of course, again, going back to Dave today, 
conversation is dead deals according to Meltzer. So who knows? I don't know, but I like the swerve thing. I thought it was actually quite, uh, quite good. I like that they did it a single camera style. They didn't do multiple camera. Uh, ca- phone, you know, and that's the thing that was good because go back to the triple H Randy Orton home invasion infamous, you know, video where you had the shot from inside the house of triple H breaking into the house. It's like, where did that camera come from? They were shooting a documentary on Randy Orton. And so triple H just happened to break in at that time. Yeah. But now you got to do the, the, now you're doing the homework for us. But either way, I enjoyed that. It was a single camera. You're doing homework on this angle. Why is Prince Nana being like, we got to go because Nana is complicit in this, but he's also like, I don't want to be here, but because my allegiance is to this guy, I gotta, I gotta be there. He's okay. Then don't record it. Nah, you can't stop that. <laughs> Either way, don't record it and send it to AEW production. <laughs> well, Washington's accessory to B and E. It's just a little casual B and E. It's fine. I like the way it goes. I like the way it looks. I like the way that this segment ran. Um, I didn't love that he threw a T-shirt, which is a choking hazard, into the crib for that little child. Could have. That baby sleeps well, didn't cry or anything once. I can speak from experience. My kid, when he sleeps well, he sleeps without, he he sleeps like a log. I can go into his room and do just about anything that I need to do in the room to like turn on white noise or turn on something that I forgot or move something around. And he sleeps through it. That kid did the same thing. So kudos to Hangman and his baby. It worked. I did like this segment. I don't want people to think I'm harsh. How dare you? I do wish I tweeted this. Um, I do wish they did like an aftermath of a home invasion angle because we always see the breaking and entering and then, oh, let's follow this guy around as he goes through and oh, drop a picture. Oh, let me put my feet up on your, your couch and stuff like we always see the aftermath or we always see the live shots of the home invasion type thing. I want the aftermath shot. I want like Hangman Page coming home. It's like, ah, I'm back from another week of AEW Dynamite where me and my friends beat up the Hardys. He comes home and like all his shit's destroyed. There's plates all over the floor. His couch has got a bunch of foot uh, foot mud on it. And, you know, his child's pictures are all ripped up. And he walks into he walks into his son's room and he sees the Hangman shirt uh, like uh, in, in the crib. Or not the Hangman, the, the Swerve shirt in the crib and everything. I want the aftermath of a break-in segment. Let's see how these guys like react to this. I want just someone do it. Someone do something different like that. They might. I mean, they might on Rampage era a sit down with Hangman or next week on Dynamite be like, we we're doing a sit down in his home or we pre taped something when he got home and maybe there's a. But that's a sit. I don't want to sit down. I'm saying I want the aftermath like of the angle. I don't. I don't want to see the home invasion. I don't want to see the actual home invasion. So take out like Swerve even going in there. I don't want to see that. I want to see. Like, just like, hey, we're following Hangman as he gets home from Dynamite. And it doesn't have, they've already shot the swerve thing. So I'm not saying it has to be Hangman. I'm saying this as a generality. Um, like, he get the person gets home and he just sees all his shit destroyed. And you're like, oh, who did? And then, of course, you know who did it because of who they're feuding with at the time. But we always see the what actually happens, the live shot of the home. I want to shoot an aftermath segment. I've never seen that in wrestling. I'm just, that's all. I'm asking for something a little bit different. Let me see somebody react to the stuff that has already happened to their house because otherwise the reaction shot is hangman is in philadelphia and it's like someone's in my home in virginia or north carolina and he's just running up the ramp like okay i want to see someone react to the aftermath of it that's all so so two things i actually i like what you're saying um 
the one thing about doing the home invasion or at least the way that they shot this one is that it was very tense and i like the drama that it built to i like that it wasn't over the top hokey so for me that worked but what you're saying if they were in the same town as the wrestler that week and they do a home invasion angle then you can easily do a follow-up where the wrestlers let's say they were in virginia near hangman's house the venue is close enough that theoretically he could get back in time to at least see the aftermath you see both and that to me would be okay well i'm saying i'm saying i would i would like both in the case of what you're talking about where hangman goes in he opens the door and he sees what like he's able to calm everyone down and then look at the camera because a cameraman came with him of course and he says you know this isn't over whatever the, the promo is that to me is okay if you just go to someone ransacked your house and you're going to go check in on it, the drama's kind of lost because it becomes a who done it, even though you know who who did it. Unless it's the beginning of your storyline, which at that point ransacking the house to start, that's a little extreme. Yeah, so, the rules. That's great. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, Ric Flair ransacks Sting's house, and that's how it starts. Let them know. Like I just I just want something. Hey, I'm I don't know if it's good or not. I just think it's a little bit different to see a wrestler actually react to their house, like in the moment when they're walking in to their house being destroyed, because every other time we've seen one of these, it's a home invasion. Um, It's a home invasion where nobody's there. And so, all right, you just kind of go through the house and you destroy stuff or you do whatever. You just make yourself at home or someone's there and it leads to a big house brawl type of thing. Like we we've seen it. I want to see someone just, I want to see a wrestler react to the aftermath of it. Cause I don't think we've seen anything like that. I'm having an ongoing conversation with the ITW general manager about uh, uh, swerve ripping the artwork from the kids off the refrigerator. And I think we were both. And I think most parents were like, that was a relatable moment. We were like, you monster. Cause I'll be honest. We get a lot of artwork that our kid does at daycare. We don't keep all of it, but we keep the good stuff, whatever that is. You know, if you look behind me in my shot, there's there's something in a frame up there that he did that for my uh, for Father's Day. I keep that one forever. But like, yeah, the important stuff's on the fridge. And when when Swerve went and just ripped that up, I was oh, I think everyone got heated. It was good stuff. It was kind of a shitty drawing though. Like it was <laughs> kind of terrible art. It should have been ripped up. Honestly, it's not like that thing was going to the lure or anything. Maybe it was. No, the kid had talent. And what did you do? No. Now the kid's never going to be uh, an aspiring artist because of Swerve. That's their their villain. What if Swerve makes the the kid work harder because of this? Because you know Swerve ripped up that picture, and it's like, man, this guy really hated my art. I gotta prove it to him. I gotta show him I'm gonna be a talented artist. I'm gonna be somebody. What if Swerve has actually inspired this kid, Joel? Huh? <laughs> the kid is no Mel Coleman. <laughs> Maybe it does inspire the kid, but maybe it also makes the kid just hate everything about, you know, art from now on. Maybe the kid hates pro wrestling after this, and that's probably a good thing. It's probably a very good thing. I would be okay with that. Uh, what else from Chris says? Chris says the kid is like two. Well, get better. Yeah. Clearly, not a prodigy at two. So, no, art the 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 drawing sucked. I don't think it's even a drawing. Kid was just like, uh, let me just throw a bunch of color. I don't even know what it was. 
terrible. It was, it was. It was, we have something that looks exactly like that. It's just the, the paint's on their hands and they just do this and that's good enough. We got a big old drawing like that on our wall somewhere that like on a piece of paper hanging on the wall. If it's on the wall, we have problems with, you know, dirt. Anyway, uh, the, the, the Christian cage part of the Ric Flair reveal was obviously great because bless Christian cage. He can do no wrong when he's in front of a crowd. And that was the best baby face turn I've ever seen in my life. Jeremy <laughs> Christian cage comes out and basically says everything that we're all thinking. And well, I was cheering. How about you? Yeah. Christian was good. Great. He was fantastic. I was going to repour my drink while you said something. I don't uh, know what you want me to add. Christian was very good. His line was very good. I hope he punches Ric Flair in the face. And that's the last we see of Ric Flair there. Nice. Uh, and then the main event was all over the place. So one thing I loved about the main event, you brought in Okada. It was okay. He's a loser. He does. He's 0-3 in AEW, as you pointed out. Uh, they announced the World's End pay-per-view, uh, which Andrew Zarian had. <sighs> Happy New Year to uh, all of us in the wrestling news world. We were going to have to cover that show. I will not be there. Uh, I'm trying to go to Hard to Kill, maybe. But uh, yeah. So they announced the show at the beginning of the main event that's happening. And it's, of course, lower third. Uh, but the match itself between Cassidy and Okada and uh, Claudio and Brian, it was good. It was good enough. It wasn't amazing. The finish was weird as hell, where you have Brian down being checked out while everyone else comes down to the ring and kind of stands there awkwardly. And you got Okada just kind of making fun and doing the boo-boo face to Brian <laughs> while the doctors are checking in. There were little things that were happening that you had to go back and watch. And I appreciate that if you go back and watch, it's there and you're like, oh, cool. But like in the moment, you're just like, what the hell's happening? Is Brian going to come out wearing like a face mask next week and be like the Undertaker in 93 or 94 with the broken orbital sockets? I don't know what to expect. I'm fine with it. Tony Khan had said, you know, Brian left under his own power after the show. Yada, yada. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, there was Rocky Romero showed up and was suddenly in the ring because he's a member of Chaos and it was just random. But yeah, what do you think of the main event? That was uh, There was a lot going on. The match itself was fine, in my opinion. The match is good. I was shocked Claudio won. I kind of thought he was just there to take the pin. Um, but he won to set up the title match next week between him and Orange Cassidy. So I do like that. Him and Orange Cassidy is going to be great. Like the, the the moments they had in the ring together was very good. And Claudio is such a good base. And um and Orange Cassidy can, you know, do a lot of cool stuff and or or in, like the finish uh with the counter with Claudio on the orange punch, like all this stuff was really good. They're gonna have a really good match last week. I didn't mind the the ending of this show. I know like it felt a little awkward, everything. Like the crowd was a little confused as to like what's going on and everything. Why I didn't mind it is because AW does so many show closing brawls, like so many of them that they lose a little bit to me. Like we just had one on collision. Like that was the end of collision. It's like, Oh, here's house of black and Blackpool combat club brawling with each other. And they had other people there, but like, it was just hey, we're, we're brawling with each other type of thing. It's like, they do it all the time. It feels like this was a thing of like Danielson was hurt and it could have easily been a brawl between Blackpool combat club and chaos. Instead it was like, Hey, our guy's hurt. We're just going to stand around him and kind of protect him. If you want to try to go after it, you can. But Chaos was even, you know, Okada was doing booby face. Um, Orange Cassidy was a little banged up too. He had to get help back uh, to the back and everything. It's like, all right, we got two guys who are a little banged up here. Let's just kind of simmer it down a little bit and we'll stand off. If you want to, if you want to jump, we'll go. 
but nobody was going to jump. It was just they're babyface teams in the end, right? Like these are not heel teams theoretically. So I like the ending. It I understand it. The crowd was like ready to get hot and ready for the big brawl and everything, but they do it so often that I thought this was a nice little change of pace for them. So I didn't mind the ending, but I understand as a television viewer, if you're watching it and you're like, Oh, the crowd's not really crowd doesn't know what to make of this. Um, yeah. Danielson sell. I think Danielson was supposed to sell though. Like that's, that's a thing. Like Danielson, I don't think he was actually hurt. The story to me is that every time he faces Okada he gets fucked up. And, and, and again, Okada was making fun of Brian. Yeah. Checked out. That to me was like, that was the point where I'm like, Oh, he's fine. We're just, we're doing a thing. I think Daniel, this is going to, because what, what point does Danielson have to do a rematch with Okada outside of he's Brian Danielson wants to do a rematch with Okada. He beat him, right? He tapped him out. He didn't really have a point of this, but now a point can be like, I tapped you out, but every time and I beat you in this tag team match, my team beat your team. Every time I'm in the ring with you though, like, I lose a piece of myself. You fractured my arm. You friggin' uh, broke my jaw or whatever. Like I'm beating you, but you're making it really difficult for me to lift my kids, to talk to my kids. Like I got to get that revenge. I got to get that revenge. We're going to do it in Tokyo, Wrestle Dome, Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. Like, I think that's kind of the story there. They should rename the show to Wrestle Dome, by the way. <laughs> I've, done, I've said it myself multiple. isn't that what you call like getting head while watching wrestling wrestle dome jesus christ we're almost an hour in so it's okay uh cody will sent a super chat saying tony should take notice that nxt ratings were higher with five women's matches only becky from the main on there uh from main main roster and that's different competition on tuesday i listen i I think NXT is putting on a really, really strong product right now, and that's good for them. They've done a lot to fix a lot of the issues that they had a couple of years ago. Um, them and, and AEW is like the the tete-a-tete thing. To me, it's still weird because AEW is not NXT. It's presented very differently. So is NXT to AEW. They present wrestling the way they want to present it, just like Tony presents AEW wrestling the way that he wants to see it. It's just different. And yeah, ratings-wise... Yeah, one did better, but this is the, the so this is the only discourse thing I have to say about wrestling with AEW ratings. When they put on the best shows or like the most jam-packed shows, Jeremy, their ratings go down. And I can't explain it. I don't think anyone really can, but it feels like every time AEW puts on this like jam-packed, so much going on show that most people come out of being like, Yeah, it's pretty good. The ratings are just not. And I don't know what that's about. I don't care about ratings. I don't care to compare AEW and NXT. Don't care about any of this stuff. And that's fair. And again, that's why I just, that's the only thing I have to say about it. That that's all. Uh, Let's open up the show MJF uh, and, and juice Robinson for the dynamite diamond ring. So I have a few thoughts. I want to start from the, from the end and move backwards. The ring of honor tag title threat. (laughs) So the guns are challenging MJF for the ring of honor tag team titles at full gear. Why? The acclaimed are out there. The acclaimed are trying to make the save for MJF. Why are we going for the Ring of Honor tag titles? Why aren't Juice and the Guns challenging the acclaimed for the AEW six-man tag times, titles? Because they're they're cowards, and MJF is one person defending these tag team titles. Why would MJF say yes? Because he has a problem with the Bang Bang Gang? That and he's a fighting champion. He wants to make Adam proud. I again, it's just sitting there. We're waiting for Adam to come back to to basically 
you know, the spoil, take the spoils, the spoils of, of making MJF look like an idiot because he had a friend, right? I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do um, with, with Adam Cole when he comes back. Like, he's going to get a big baby face reaction. I don't know if they do turn him heel after all this. I have no idea. And I, again, I don't know when Cole's coming back. He apparently had surgery a couple weeks ago. This doesn't seem like a, a short-term injury thing. He might not be back until like January or December. So it's very, it feels a little pointless to try to think what's AEW going to do in two months from now, when at this point it feels like they're booking very much week to week to try to get these things in order and injuries. And there's just other factors that come into play with this stuff. So I'm not even going to try to figure out what, uh, what the what the story is with with adam cole and where it's going to end up going because i don't think they know until cole gets closer to a return so this is really what it is in kayfabe why is max gone from never wanting to wrestle to wrestling more often and doing double duty and he does this on the show too where he tells tony you know put me on first so i can get the hell out of there it's that that's really why i'm like what are we doing what's the what's the point of this well it it, now it's put me on first because i don't want to wait to beat up juice robinson it is the the change the shift and change came with Adam Cole. Adam Cole has made him almost just want to wrestle more, and now he's the champion, and now he wants to defend the title more with everything. Like that's Adam Cole has shifted this, and I do think there is a story there, and I do think there is a story if Adam Cole can return to sooner rather than later. If Cole turns, that can be the story of like, look. I played you. Maybe Adam Cole is the devil. Maybe he is coming back and he is the devil and is like, I played you. I made you wrestle all these matches. I made you think you were a good guy. I, I got the crowd on your side and everything. Wore you down and now I'm taking that title from you. Like, I, there are ways there. It does get very confusing though because MJF's involved in three different storylines to where some of it just, you lose the plot of it all. There's a good story there. I do think it's getting muddied because you're trying to make too many good stories and yeah. some of it ain't good. It's going to be really funny when the devil turns out to be birthday boy, Bobby fish. If it's big dick, Bob fish, it's over for the league. It's right. Over it's- Vince Carter style over for the oh, league. It's going to get that big dunk contest win. Anyway, uh, let's, let's go. Let's go even further backwards. MJF gets the win and retains his dynamite diamond ring. For, I guess what is it the fifth year in a row? Yeah, eats Juice Robinson, beats the shit out of him. Jeremy, you asked me at the end of Wednesday what what would be okay or what's the you know what if he uses the quarters and all that, and I said they're not going to use the quarters; they're probably going to use the ring, and they did exactly that. And my immediate reaction was, "What did this accomplish?" It didn't. This whole match was if this was supposed to be Max being like, "I beat up the anti semite," I beat race no you didn't you didn't beat anti-semitism you beat up you beat up the guy who's been frustrating you for the last few weeks and you did the quarters thing and then you tried to pull it back now it's the ring and basically there was no way to win this once they pulled back on the quarters and made it about the ring there was no way to find any catharsis in this in this match in this finale between juice and mjf mjf just beat the shit out of juice and made juice look bad in the latter half of the match it just wasn't it wasn't good. It didn't make sense. And they didn't have the foresight to at least rethink how the match should be played out. And he still used the stupid ring. So my general feeling was it played out exactly the way that I, that you and I talked about on Wednesday and how it wouldn't be catharsis and there wouldn't be a proper ending to that beat. 
And it was what it was. Your thoughts. The whole problem with this was the introduction of the quarters. That's it. This was a, a pretty simple storytelling in, in wrestling, right? Of this guy, he wants the diamond ring and he wants to win the diamond ring type of thing. And he's a jerk. And MJF wants to beat him up because he's going after the diamond ring and he's jumped them and all this stuff. And in the end, MJF just beat up juice, but they introduced the quarters and made it seem like there was this big element to it. And they did it once and it became a not good discourse online. There was nothing solved with how people were talking about this online. Absolutely nothing. People were turned off by it more than it's like, oh, I want MJF to get revenge. It was more, this sucks. We shouldn't do this type of thing. And so instead of becoming a revenge angle for MJF, it became a, why the hell did you do this angle? And then they just dropped it out of nowhere And then you forgot about, you almost forgot about that part because it'd been a week and a half now. And the discourse was so just, this is bad. It was like, oh, where do you really go from there? So they just decided to go nowhere from it. And then they still tried to make it a revenge of like, this guy threatened me with the quarters, but they didn't mention the quarters. So you, again, you just forgot. And then they do all these other stories on top of it to try to make you forget about the quarter stuff more. It was just, they tried something, but they were, almost afraid to go more into it because of the blowback. And I don't blame them for pulling back on it, by the way. I don't. That was probably the right call. The problem is you introduced it. And the the problem is you introduced it. And then so you made people think about it and you started this whole thing and then you took it away. And then people were just like, oh, this is dumb. And then now the, the actual match itself lost the plot point there and that was that like i don't know it just uh wasn't wasn't the match was fine like it was uh mjf won i don't care about the diamond ring like he's won it five years now what do you get from it like it's not like he's got his five rings like do do the shot do the michael jordan shot where you hold up six fingers there we go um do that next year Yeah, that was that. What more do you want me to say, Joel? No, that was it. I didn't know if you were going to finish your sentence with something else. Chat Towns first sent us a super chat saying, AEW did a great segment on MJF speaking on Jewish hate in the collision post show or the, the collision that happened after that dynamite, which is more than any wrestling company has ever done. As a Jew, I'm pretty happy with how things turned out. Listen, I will tell you that I am happy they aired that particular segment on MJF speaking at that event. I'm glad that Max did it. I'm over the idea that Max speaks for all the Jews and that's that. He he did what his story he wanted it to look like and he told it the way he wanted it to tell. It wasn't a story that I would have told, but obviously if he's happy with it and maybe he is, maybe he isn't, we don't know. I think that's good enough for him. And I, that's all I can do. That's all I can say is, is he told his story his way. And Chi-Town Spurs also sent a super chat <clears throat> saying I'm way more upset by WWE fans who tried to use this as a point scoring than this angle with everything else going on. Okay. That's fair. But also it all sucks. It all sucks. <laughs> exactly. Look at us in, in the sour weeds is what we're doing today. The, the introducing of the quarters element was unnecessary yes. because in the end it, it didn't mean anything. And they told the story they were going to tell with it. That was it. And they never brought it back around. They introduced it. People were not happy with it. Probably rightfully so. They pulled back on it, probably the smart call, but they created such a discourse with it, a negative discourse with it, 
And then they didn't follow through as it felt like it didn't feel like MJF got this big win over this anti-Semite or anything. And look, you shouldn't portray Juice as anti-Semite anyway, but it didn't feel like MJF. Yeah. It didn't feel like MJF got this big win for like the Jewish community. It just felt like MJF beat this dude who had been a jerk to him. And then, then he got challenged to three different matches. Well, here's the third match. Out comes Kenny Omega in three days, bitch. We talked about it when it's happening. Collision, Kenny versus MJF for the AW World Championship. Two questions. One, where will the title be when they go for this match on Saturday? <laughs> Who will walk in with it? Probably no one. Or Juice will come out. And I think personally this is going to end up in a, in a non-finish and we'll get elite bang, bang, gang down the line and MJF will just have to you know, split off onto his thing with, with Jay White. Am I am I off? Like, it seems to be where we're going. I don't think there's going to be a finish to this match on Saturday. And also, uh, what did you think of the uh, the three days notice conversation that was going on for some? Are we hot-shotting this match? I don't like it's hot-shotting because um, there's, there's at least a story there of Kenny trying to prevent MJF from becoming the longest reigning champion. So there's at least a story there. The one issue is MJF doesn't have the belt. Like he just doesn't, it doesn't have the belt. Like, like you said, they're going to walk in. Jay White's going to have to be there just so you, the belt is present there. Cause Jay White has the title. And this is, and this is why I've said it from the get go that stealing belt storylines are lazy as hell because all you need is Tony Khan at the top of collision this week being like, Jay White, you cannot come into the building until you give me back that belt. Give it back. It's MJF's property. He is the world champion, not you. You cannot be in this building or part of AEW until you give me back the belt or you're fired. Whatever. Give an ultimatum. I don't care what it is. The belt stealing is lazy, and why would any authority figure in AEW be okay with it? Is there an authority figure in AEW? Yeah, it's Tony Khan. He got him a damn gift. The first thing. He got <laughs> him a help. friend. That's not an authority figure. That's a friend. Oh, my God. If your, if your boss is your friend, we have other comments, questions to make, okay? But that's the problem. Tony is known as the boss. He is known as the guy. He is the guy. You could have uh, Jerry Lynn come out because he's known as a coach, as a producer in the AEW. He is a guy with some authority, someone. I'm not saying you need a weekly authority figure in AEW. I'm really not because that can get real old real fast. But you need somebody who can just go up to the guy and be like, hey, you can't do that. You can't do it this way. Give me back the title or else you're fired. That's coming from Tony Khan. I'd like MJF. I like MJF. Just like, give me back my belt. And Jay White being, no. It's like, anyway, we're going to challenge you for this title now. <laughs> I look, the, the, the stupid uh, discourse of which I didn't fully see, but oh, they're hot shotting the match. Like, they're doing the match. We know why they're doing the match. And I think the fact that neither, like, MJF doesn't have the belt right now hurts it more than we're doing it on three days notice. He's going to walk out there with no title with the title on the line, defending the title against Kenny Omega, trying to break the record for longest reign and everything. It feels like you got to have the title a little present for this whole thing. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, maybe collision starts with Tony Khan being like, give me a big, give me a, maybe they do on collision. Maybe MJF steals the belt back on collision maybe the devil steals it back for mjf 
on collision. And then they, they get the belt back to MJF so they can at least make it a centerpiece of this match that signifies MJF breaking the record for the longest reign. Um, as far as the, the finish goes, I don't think it's going to be a, a non-finish. I actually think, I think MJF's going to win thanks to the help from the devil. I kind of think the devil is going to, going to make his presence known here and mjf's gonna get the victory that way i hope the devil in this case is samoa joe but the devil costume is too small so it's joe but it's like everything is just sticking out and awkward because <laughs> joe said he's gonna help mjf as long as mjf gives him the next title shot right yeah yeah that, that's what he said i like how this was the weird thing this is my biggest complaint about AEW. is samoa joe comes back there and MJF knows Samoa Joe is targeting him. One, there's been vignettes. Two, MJF has referenced it. And Samoa Joe comes back there and is just like, looks like you need some help. You want some help? And he puts his hand out and MJF's like, sure, I'll accept your help, buddy. And it's like, you know this man is coming after you. Did you not think there were circumstances to this? I thought MJF looked stupid on this. All the stuff going on here, MJF, the, the most trickster man in the world, then stop and think like, what's the catch here? Why are you all of a sudden wanting to help me after saying you're coming after me and my title? What? And then it, Samoa Joe's like, oh, here's the catch. And MJF looks dumbfounded of like, oh man, he really got me there. Like that was, huh? MJF is smarter than this. Is he though? <laughs> Apparently not. I do. I do expect some angles to, uh, to continue with the collision main event, or at least what I assume Kenny should win. Just put the belt back on Kenny. I just put it on Kenny and then everything just. And then do Kenny versus Jay at full gear. Honestly, like that would make no sense, but all the sense it would just be, it would be a new Japan main event. It would be, that's going to be your, your wrestle dome main event, but they announced that they're going to do the, the, the new year's day before new year's Eve show as frustrating as it is. They're, they're doing it on Long Island. They're doing it in MJF territory. They're doing it before the end of his supposed end of his contract. They're probably, I think, going to play that up again, bring that back yes. around. And maybe they'll do the multi-man match. And they'll do the, the CM Punk Money in the Bank 2011 finish. Where at home, MJF beats all these people gunning after him in a multi-man match. And he just runs out through the crowd. And he's like, see ya, never. And takes two weeks off and shows up on Dynamite. I could see that happening. I could see it. We got we got a ways to go to get there. And he's still yeah. got to go through Jay and Wardlow. And maybe that's the main event for that show. Just MJF and Wardlow, the man who destroyed him. Now he's got to Wardlow's back to take this title now. I think all the big guys who were after him put in, uh, who was a uh, put in Mimosa Joe. So Jay Wardlow, Mimosa Joe. No, he's beating Jay at full gear. Jay's oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Take out, take out Jay. But like, the, whoever's left of everyone who's challenging him, take him on it. At World well, it'll just be Joe and Wardlow. That's it. Until somebody else steps up. And more people should step up. I don't mind that MJF is in this kind of multiple thread stuff because everybody should be gunning after the world title. That's a good story where you got multiple people wanting this title. They should. People should want the world title. It's, it's what's the, the old saying? If you're not in this business for the world title, get the hell out type of thing. Like, all right. These people are in this business for the world title. The problem is if you try to do it too much, you got to make sure it flows and makes sense. And some of the stuff with MJF is getting lost because it ain't flowing and it ain't making sense. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, there's a lot of, uh, 
a lot of stories trying to be told with one person or multiple people just branching out and it just they're losing the plot so i'm i'm interested as to what the world's end stuff is going to look like which is weird Uh, but we'll we'll see uh they brought back abaddon for uh for rampage the the annual abaddon uh halloween extravaganza i know that they were not on last year's show but for the bit we're just going to say abaddon shows up every halloween (laughs) <laughs> I cackled when I saw her in that match. I was like, yeah. ah, that's funny. That's good stuff. Look, listen, they are really good at what they do. Okay. Abaddon fan- is fantastic. Um, especially at this time of year. So there you go. And then Santana Ortiz being the main event. We, we kind of, I, I meant to bring it up on Wednesday. We talked about it on other shows. I do like that. This is a rampage main event. This is a rampage story. I understand that some people would like to see it as a, major plot point or a major match on collision or dynamite but honestly as an anchor story on rampage i don't hate it and i think that uh i'm I'm not going to spoil it for anyone but i will say i think that this has potential to continue uh and that this is a this is a good match to have anchoring and and main eventing rampage tony storm gets a title shot tony storm does get a title shot she just had to saunter out and say i beat two people lately so i get a title shot that's all yeah that's all ruby did ruby oh, beat two people and she's like all right give me my title shot now yeah tony storm beats sky blue at dynamite anniversary sky blue that is the key to getting a title shot beat right. sky blue and kiara hogan on collision uh yeah and that was at the beginning of the month she hadn't done shit since then <laughs> shout out shout out to the goat luther the japanese death yeah. legend Make the it japanese the Japanese deathmatch butler. Yeah. Way. Shout out to Luther. Very excited. Really excited to see him uh, get that role. And he always does great work. We love Luther. He rules. I'm, I, I'm very happy to see that. <sighs> anyway, Dynamite. What was that? This is Dynamite was a lot. There were things I did like, and then there were things that I didn't like. And Sounds I, like you hated everything, Joel. That was you, actually. No, I love Dynamite. It was a tremendous show. One of the best shows uh, AEW has ever done. We had great matches. We had Kazuchika Okada. I said that terribly. Nope. Uh, <laughs> we had Kazuchika Okada teaming with Orange Cassidy in the main event. It was a tremendous main event against Brian Danielson against Claudio Casagnoli. We had a great women's match with AEW Women's World Champion Akarashita defeating Ruby Soho. Where does Ruby Soho go from here after losing another title match? Her destination is unknown. Boo! I made that joke on Wednesday. Ah, no one listens to you, Joel. That's fair. I get it. Everything else to add? We had a great appearance by Ric Flair. It was great to see Ric Flair back on TBS and in the ring with Sting and Tony Schiavone. I grew up watching Sting, Tony Schiavone, and Ric Flair on TBS. And now, 30, 40 years later, I'm happy to bring Ric Flair back to the Superstation on TBS. It was a great night for wrestling fans. MJF, he's a man who many people want to go after right now. He's going to be facing Kenny Omega live on AEW Collision this Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Can MJF break the record for the longest reigning MJF MJF championship for the longest reigning AEW World Championship reign? Kenny Omega is going to try to prevent that. MJF for the fifth straight year won the Dynamite Diamond Ring, <laughs> defeating Juice Robinson in the Dynamite Diamond Ring Finals. MJF is now a five-time Dynamite Diamond Ring champion. Five-time, 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 five-time Dynamite Diamond Ring winner, MJF. He's also going to be defending the ROH Tag Team titles against the Gun, Austin and Colton Gunn, at 
AEW Full Gear. It's going to be double duty for MJF at AEW Full Gear as he faces the Guns for the ROH Tag Team titles and Jay White for the AEW World Championship. If he can get past Kenny Omega first, he's got to get past Kenny Omega. He'll face Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega live on AEW Collision, 8 p.m. Eastern, TNT, Saturday night. If he can beat Kenny Omega, he will face Jay White at AEW Full Gear. And he will face the Guns at AEW Full Gear for the ROH Tag Team titles. There's also the Acclaimed. They were there. Who will be MJF's partners on AEW Dynamite when they face the Bullet Club? Hold on, freeze. Bullet Club Gold. Freeze. I don't care about MJF's partners. I want to know who Jericho is going to partner with. You think it's Jericho? Because I have another theory. Oh, who's that? I think Mark Henry's got one left, one left in him. I think he's going to bring out sexual chocolate for one last match. Oh, that's good either. I didn't say it was. I just said what I think will happen. So I would never tweet this because I get in trouble. But I'll say it on this. Nobody watches this show, right? I mean, we got a few people. By the way, leave a thumbs up watching this now. Nobody watches this show. Jericho said he's going he's gonna to get bigger. He needs to come back stronger. Needs to, you know, needs to be back, right? Wrestling needs to be back. The juice needs to be back in wrestling. <laughs> Get these guys all back on the juice, baby. Oh, well. <laughs> now, the juice was in impact. I was going to say, yeah. we're going to do like Huvico. Is this what we're going for? <laughs> That's. That's how wrestling gets back, baby. That's how we get wrestling back. It's a body business, son. Listen, listen. It is a body business. I ain't going to read the chat, but y'all are onto something. The point, the point is. Or what if it's Goldberg? That'd be great, actually. That'd be great. Yeah. Goldberg and Jericho. You know, I'm for Goldberg. Paul White. I like Paul. He seems like a nice dude. Yeah, real no desire to see him here. Mark Henry. No real desire. Goldberg, though. Let's fucking go. Let's Give go. me Big Bill Goldberg in there. <laughs> Big Dick Bill. <laughs> Dude, Goldberg spearing uh, Hobbs as well. So hilarious. People what get so Hob- mad at that. Hobbs no sells the spear. Nah, Goldberg ain't taking that shit. He's, <laughs> he will complain so fast. So, so fast. Hey, you think, you think by the way, you think Ric Flair is going to try and do a, a horseman reunion on AEW just so we can say he did it everywhere? probably him arn he'll bring out dean malenko great dean <laughs> I'm trying rules. To think a sting <laughs> dean rules yeah they'll, they'll probably do it and it'll be awkward yeah uh yeah so that's dynamite uh i have nothing else to add tony are you done it's a tremendous show on aw dynamite watch aw collision saturday at 8 p.m eastern watch aw rampage Tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. You should watch Santana Warner Keys. I've not checked the spoilers, by the way, uh, but I hope that match is really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that match. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna make it make it a point to watch it, if not live to well, not live to air, but when it airs, I will probably watch it uh Saturday morning. Just get get my wrestling morning fix. Uh let's let's pivot WWE for a few minutes. Uh contracts. The- oh, why contracts? Let's talk about the big news. Yes, yes, that was John Cena. John Cena. John Cena going back to Saudi Arabia. Coming to Saudi. 
to take on Solo Sokoa. Let's go! John Cena looking for his first win in over 1,000 days. The GOAT. John Cena. 2002 days? First singles win, whatever it is. 2002. It's now been 2000. Has it been 2000? Yeah, I think he said 2002. Jeez. And then this was on SmackDown last week. So what are we, seven days later? 2000. He's only, it's only been three matches. He lost to Roman. He lost to Theory. And he lost to Bray. The Bray win was, or the Bray loss was when it like started. But the Fiend really does change people. Yeah, John Cena. John Cena. Loser. I am loser. <laughs> oh, I'm going back. Just Who would win between Cena and Okada? These two losers. Okada. Okada. It's like when UFC would, uh, it's like Chuck and, oh, that's, it's Chuck and Vanderlei. Joel's not going to get any of these references, but I'm popping like one person right now. Chuck and Vanderlei, like complete like goats of their time. But they were, both were like coming off these losses. They tried to give Chuck this like easy win against Keith Jardine, and he lost, which is very sad as a um, big Chuck Liddell fan. And, and then they were just like, because they wanted him to like look good going into the Vanderlei fight, but he lost the decision. It's like, oh shit. Then they just booked the Vanderlei fights anyway. It's like, ah, eh, whatever. Who cares if he lost? This is a fight everyone wants to see. So they're both coming off these losses. This is what Cena and Okada would be. It was a bunch of two losers. Okada can't win in AEW. Uh, Cena can't win in WWE. Doesn't matter. When's the last thought? You just like, oh, we're getting Cena and Okada. This rules. This is great. This is awesome. And Chuck and Vanderlei is like one of my favorite fights of all time. That's what Cena and Okada would be. That'd be one of the greatest matches of all time. Dave would probably give it like three stars because uh, Cena's still calling spots too loud and everything. Like, who cares, dude? You're getting Cena and friggin' Kazuchika Okada star ratings. Gives a shit. Yeah, no, star ratings are dumb. Um, Speedball and... uh... Speedball and Osprey got good, good, good star rating though, so that helps. Rampage Jackson has a podcast now. God bless. I was listening to some of it. Is it good? Uh, he interviewed Cain Velasquez. Like he, he's fine. Rampage is a he's he's got some personality type of thing. Uh, Chuck Liddell was on there. I need to like actually listen to that because they fought two times and Rampage beat him twice. Um, so I, I'm always interested in that dynamic. Like when you got like you're talking to somebody who's like whooped your ass in a real fight. Like, how does that go? There's because seems, Kane was, what? there seems to be like a good amount of respect amongst most. Yeah. Players, you know, it's just like For the most part the game. Like we know what the game is. Well, you know, Kane was asked about working with Brock in WWE. Um, and he's like, was that awkward? And Kane beat Brock in the UFC. So Kane's just like, I mean, I guess a little like Kane's the dude who whooped his ass. Like Kane's probably fine with it. Like how does Brock feel? I don't know. But Kane's just like, yeah, I guess a little bit. He's like, you know, he's got this giant scar on his head. That's for me. And so it's like, is he asked about that? Like, Hey, how'd you get this star? It's like, Oh, scar. Like, Oh yeah. This dude like whooped my ass in, in this fight. And then I had to work with him in WWE. He got my win back though. Like I beat him in the wrestling match. That's what matters. Uh, so That's yeah, like he was booked to win. Someone actually wanted him to win. Yeah. I, I'm always just curious, you know, like years later, there's a healthy respect, like for the most part between these guys, like uh, after, after the fights and stuff, sometimes a little bad blood, like years later, like, you know, like, man, this guy like beat me up. Now I'm just doing this podcast. I got to reflect on this stuff and like reflect of how he knocked me out and twice and just uh, destroyed me twice. Like, How's this going to go? So I need to listen to that podcast. Um, I got to find free time to listen to a podcast that I don't have to like transcribe though. You got to, you just got to go for a run and, and listen to it and enjoy. I don't, I can't do podcasts while running. Can't no. more uh, music. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to go music. Yeah. 
I get it. Um, yeah, the uh, the 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 whole idea. It's, it's just like team sports, right? Where your team beats another team. Maybe there was bad blood in the playoffs, but afterwards you understand you y'all were going after the same prize, and there's there is that mutual respect there. It's different. It's and and like you said, there there's still bl- bad blood that may carry over. Talk to Darren McCarty once upon a time, and he was like, "I'm best buddies with these people that I used to, you know, beat the shit out of on the ice." So that's just the way it is because you all have you do have that shared experience. You've been on the ice together, you've worked together on the field together, whatever it is. There's just that understanding that so few understand what it is to do this at this level that you all kind of just not commiserate, but you share the experience together. So the, the mutual respect does typically play in there. Hustle, loyalty, and mutual respect. As first announced by People Magazine, because that's where you want to break your wrestling news. <laughs> People's got the scoop. These dorks all line, how did people know about this match? What is what is Sean Ross Sapp and Dave Meltzer doing? How'd they not get this story? John Cena takes on Solo Sokoa and Riyadh. The last time John Cena won a match was in Saudi Arabia. So we're bringing right. it back, baby. Long-term storytelling. John Cena gets his first singles win. That's what it's going to be uh, on Saturday, November 4th against Solo. Poor Solo. Big match, John. I don't know. He might lose this match, honestly. like They can't just keep beating Solo. You know, he lost. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't. They shouldn't keep beating Solo here. He should probably beat John, for being honest. Fair I ain't got high hopes for this match. I love John Cena. His performances are what they are at this point. I'm not the biggest on Solo in ring. Um, it, it, I think John will show up a little bit more for this one than he did against Theory. John against Theory was just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Roman's gonna be backstage wrapping his hands like put my cousin over or else we're gonna have real problems on our hands and then john's like all right i got you big dog i acknowledge you could you imagine john cena comes out with a whole bunch of saudi make-a-wish kids oh boy (laughs) we just replay wrestlemania oh those poor kids oh boy that would be something that would be something Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So the, the news about the contracts, I just want to touch on it real quick because it's been, it's been talked about. There are certain it's in the thumbnail, it's in the thumbnail, but there are certain WWE stars that are uh, getting to the end of their contracts with WWE and they have not necessarily had much, if any conversation about their, uh, their re-signing. So it starts off. I just want to check this message. Make sure no one's getting angry at me. Okay. No one's getting angry at me. We're good. Uh, it, it, Drew McIntyre is one of them. Becky Lynch is another one. And KO, those were the big three that I saw. KO, I think, is a little bit later than the other two in terms of when contract might be done. But, I mean, Drew is imminent. Becky is coming up as well. Uh, Those are big people that you're probably wanting to retain. But we discovered this week that Endeavor is looking at uh, strategic alternatives for for their business. Whether or not TKO is a part of that, they seem to indicate no what does that mean? Jeremy? They don't seem to indicate it. They explicitly they said, said it. It's out. Yeah, they're off the table. We're not going to sell TKO. Uh, what What were your initial thoughts when you saw the news with the, the strategic alternatives report from Endeavor? I didn't care because they said that they're, they have no interest in doing anything with TKO. So I was like, all right, right now this doesn't seem to affect anything. That could change. That could always change. The fact that they're doing this suggests that they're, they are looking for alternatives. They're trying to do something different because – the stock is down and they thought the stock was going to be higher. All this stuff is above my head, Joel. 
And I truthfully don't care about this business stuff because I don't feel I have great insight to it until something official comes out. So, and the fact that TKO is not mentioned or the fact that they were mentioned in that, like, hey, we're not going to do anything with it. Okay. Then to me, it's a, for, for at least right now, as far as the stuff that I care about, I, Hey, look, if you care about this stuff, cool, more power to you. You want to discuss this stuff, more power to you. I don't care. I don't think I have great insight to it. You got three major stars that are currently sitting with contracts coming up soon. It's very unusual for any wrestling organization to just fly by the seat of their pants in hopes that they get those contracts locked up in the last six months of them being around. Do you think they lock them back up or do you think there's a chance that they test the waters with free agency? Or do you think that someone is going to go elsewhere? Once upon a time, Kevin Owens, everyone was so certain a hundred percent that he was going to AEW. And then of course that wasn't the case. Uh, what do you think? We got those three names specifically, Becky, Drew, and Kevin Owens. This time. Kevin Owens has more time, doesn't he? Kevin Owens, according to the Fightful Resources tab, had I th- it's through 2024. Yeah, he's not up until the end of next year. Is it for sure the end? It was a three-year deal, I think, at the end of 2021, which would make it to be the end of 2024 which would be the end of next year yeah kevin owens is until the end of 2024 there's at least another year left on ko will they get to him before then (laughs) i mean i would hope so i don't they're probably not in like a a quick um because he said in july that he's around for the next year and a half so yeah, that's the end of 2024. I don't think they're like super concerned about Kevin Owens' deal right now a year out. Drew and Becky might be a little bit more of a concern. Drew seems to be the biggest one that that's going to kind of come up. Um I think Drew ends up staying. I think kind of I don't know where Kevin is uh next year. Uh I think I think Drew and Becky stay. I for Drew Here's the thing with him. Like the the other option is obviously AEW. That's the only other option for a lot of the people. Drew feels like a guy who is very in the system. And I know Edge kind of felt the same way than Edge left, but I think Edge wanted to work a lot more. I also think Edge wanted to be with his friend. I think Drew is happy where he's at. He's working plenty. He loves doing all the media stuff. Um, I want to point out too, Edge was with WWE for 25 years straight. Yeah. Drew was gone for five years and he had his, his stint on the independence on impact reinvented himself very famously came back. That's a, there, there's a different level for drew and Adam Copeland in terms of what they've experienced in WWE. Yeah. I, I think drew, I'll make a, I don't know. It's a bold claim. I don't know. Let's go. I think drew would be a bigger get for AEW than kind of anybody they've brought in more recently. And that includes Edge. I'm trying to even think of like, then who? And not because like, I think Drew is this big, big draw, big star type of thing. He is, but Drew would be so willing to to do all that media stuff that AEW, not everyone is, is doing. Drew would want to go on these local shows and promote, promote, promote. AW didn't have a ton of guys 
that would do that. Like th- there's a reason Paul White and Mark Henry are doing so much media, like local media for them. It's because they're used to that. They're part of that system. Jericho is another guy who certainly does it. MJF is like they're kind of low, which he should be. He's a champion. He's the guy that does a lot of these, these local spots and stuff, but typically only New York. Like these other guys, they're doing it everywhere. Any local promotion, they're going everywhere. Drew would be that guy. And I think he would help a lot in that area on top of just being, he looks like a star. He acts like a star. He carries himself very well. I think you can do a lot of good things with Drew McIntyre on television. I'm not even like super high on Drew. Like a lot of people are. Um, But I also recognize the value that he has there. Uh, I think he'd be a huge get for AEW beyond just what you'd see on like television side of things. I just don't know if that's, I think AEW being cold ish, I'm not saying they're, they're super cold, or anything, but there's uh there's you know there's evidence that things are a little bit down business wise for them. I think that makes Drew kind of reconsider things. But if they're willing to throw the money at him, then they're willing to throw the money at him, and so that's obviously going to change things too. Drew once upon a time got my full time respect because he did a, a a Zoom call interview, and his name on the interview was Big Mac. And from that moment on, I was like, I get it. I get it. And I never want to see it not on my screen again. But you're right. Drew is the guy who carries your company flag. He is the guy who has uh, who has proven himself to have all the potential in the world and is willing to go to bat for you and whatever you've got. However, you got to pay him. <laughs> and that's the big question is whether or not the purse strings are open. He's 38 right now. Age-wise, we know that that doesn't always matter, but to some it does. This could be his last big money contract before he maybe decides to wind down. Or maybe he doesn't. We don't know what his expectations are or what his plans are. However, if this is a big one, you know, you can sign him for five, six, ten years and get a lot out of him. Make him your guy for the next little while. AJ Styles, by the way, is another guy that uh, has has a contract that's going to be coming up sooner than later. And that's another one. He's of the people that we're even talking about. He's the only one that I'm like, maybe he'll go where he'll go. I don't know. But Drew McIntyre feels like someone who should stick around or who would stick around. Don't know for sure, but it would, it would work because he's been out there. He's done the outside of WWE stuff, but he came. That wasn't his choice though. No, it wasn't. You're right. And there were certain, there were certain things that led him to, to leave and be gone, but he's come, but he came back. And I think he saw the benefit of when he came back, what he could be, whether or not he's happy with his creative. That's a whole other can of worms that we are not privy to. It's just going to come down to what he deserves and what he, what he thinks he deserves and what, what anyone else thinks he deserves for a contract. Um, personally, I'd like to see him stick around WWE. There are tons of fresh matchups in AEW. Of course, there's always just different people in the company, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for, for me personally to be invested in him going there. And he would also stick out like a sore thumb in that company. Uh, he's gigantic. He's a large man. Like that's the thing. And I said this about impact too. Like Matt Cardona shows up and you see the difference from everybody else. Brian Myers is another guy that you're just like, he is deceptively tall and he's deceptively larger than everyone else. That's kind of, it's not something to think about, but it is something that I, that I think about is how someone's presented on screen in one company, the land of the giants, WWE versus AEW, where they don't have as many large people on their television program. So you, I don't know that that's kind of where I'm at with Drew. 
you realize how big Drew is when you see him next to Roman Reigns. I remember yes. when the, the buildup to that Survivor Series match, and I, you think Roman is a big guy, and he is, and Drew like towers and dwarfs him. Like, oh shit! Like this is a big dude right here. Here's the real thing, Joel. Here's a, here's a real question for you. You got you're talking WWE contracts, and obviously, yes, that is something. Becky, it feels like also sticks around. Um, I know she's in the thumbnail. I want to be remiss to not to, to mention her. We want to mention her. It feels like just a lot of these people stick around, but I'm always leaning towards like, yeah, these people are going to stick more than they they leave. That's typically my mindset when it comes to this stuff. Even if you can, like Kevin Owens, everyone was like very sure, oh, he's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving, and then he ended up sticking around. I, I'm always just feeling like, yeah, they're probably mostly going to to stick around especially if their side edge was talking a little bit too much for me to be like oh yeah he's probably going to AEW. like if they're silent about things it always feels like they're gonna stick around when it comes to this stuff um here's a big one though we talk about money and hey are they gonna pay him this much are they gonna pay him that much you gotta remember the free agent everybody's talking right now is will osprey that's a guy who's gonna get paid are you gonna pay osprey andrew and I'm talking if you're AEW here. If you're WWE, you're shelling to whoever you need to shell to. The the money's kind of endless here. Uh, if you're AEW though, are you paying both of these guys? Like, I don't know. And I think they're more inclined to pay Osprey, who's much younger, who fits their style more, who is already known to their fan base on this kind of stuff. Like, feels like they're paying more Osprey than they're paying Drew. As far as I don't know, like obviously money wise i don't know who's making more but if you're leaning one way or the other feels like they they're targeting osprey more than drew and this is what's interesting is that we're seeing when it feels like the target is osprey for AEW, and maybe that's you know that both sides want that drew is different in a different character a different presentation a different person for AEW to bring in, he would be considered different and he would be treated differently. Do you go with the the guy that you're kind of targeting and expecting to bring the same quality of wrestling that you expect for your product and has the, the New Japan influence? Or do you bring in Drew, who is different than your typical AEW presentation? Like, what what's more appealing to you? Do you break things up or do you go with what you've done before? I think you go with what you've done before. Because that's that's- typically and osprey's younger let's not lose sight of that either like osprey's much younger and it's also going to come down to what these people want as it always does you know it's very easy to be like yeah w is going to shell out for this person a dub is going to shell out for this person that person says when go there it doesn't really fucking matter honestly like if will osprey says hey look i appreciate your offer wwe or AEW. No, that's very generous of you. But you know what? I want to test myself in WWE. I want to test myself in AEW. I want to have this match. I want to be able to do this. That's honestly what it comes down to. Same thing with Drew. It's like, okay, AEW gives me this fresh match, this right thing people want to see, but they're not going to allow me to do this. And I know AEW allows people to do a lot of things. I'm talking about like grand scope of things. They're not going to, they don't have the platform that allows me. That's what I should say. They don't have the platform that's going to allow me to do this. They don't work with this company that I want to work for. And I'm not talking wrestling company. I'm talking like uh, uh charity type of thing. Like they don't work with this company that will allow me to do this type of thing. So that could be a big sticking point for these people. Yeah, it's all, they, this is the same conversation with Jade. It's like, oh, why wouldn't Jade stick 
in, in AEW. They've treated her well. They've done well for her. Her first match was a tag team with Shaq. They gave her this long title run. Like she still has all these matches to do in AEW. It's like, well, she maybe wanted to just do other shit. Like, you know, Tony Khan said they made her a fair offer. And I believe him. I believe that he gave her good money and was willing to negotiate and willing to match kind of what WWE gave them, gave her uh, money wise. And it didn't matter because Jade probably just had other aspirations. And that's just going to be the reality of situations. Yeah. I, I have nothing else to add. I think you're in a good, you're, you, you said it well. Uh, Becky sticks around WWE stays with the husband stays with the kid. Yeah, I think so because, and this is where AEW, when you want to talk about dropping the ball and the women type of thing, this is where I think that it could really hurt the, the negotiation leverage is if you're Becky and you're looking at what what is presented to you on television Tony Khan can say and people can say like we're gonna make you the focal point we're gonna make you the face you're gonna be the one that changes the division around if you're Becky why are you so inclined to believe that (laughs) like why are you so inclined to be like all right yeah this is what it is where in WWE especially this last run you're on television on multiple shows you got to work with the with the people you wanted to work with. I know they switched plans with Natalia, but that may or may not have been a Vince thing. Uh, in the end, she still got to work with Tegan. She worked with Indy. She dropped the title to Lyra. Like she got to work with these people in WWE. There's obviously the platform. There's also the, the fact that her husband's there, the, their child together. You got to work out travel arrangements. You got to, you know, schedule how often are you going to see this person type of thing. It, there's more that goes into it than just like Becky Lynch, cool television character. Like there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And I think behind the scenes stuff, there's a lot more for Becky, especially because there's a lot of personal ties there that it's going to be kind of tough to break away from and then be happy with when you have a a husband and a a kid as a part of the mix there. Finally, KO. And I know it's end of 2024. My general feeling with KO again is he sticks around. I under and, and it, things can change between now and then. When, yeah, there's so much time left. Even there's a lot of time. KO. Yeah, my I, I will say this: when KO was on the re-signing block a couple of years ago in 2021, I was at the forefront saying, "No, he's staying." And people got on my ass about it. They're like, "No, he's friends with the Young Bucks, and he's friends with this guy and this guy." And I was like, "That doesn't matter." KO learned everything he knows about wrestling growing up from Jim Ross, like from from WWF programming he he's formed his life in Florida. Like he's, he's, he's been a WWF guy for forever. His friends are happy and he's happy for his friends, but it never felt to me like he was ready to jump ship and go try something new. It felt like he had more that he wanted to accomplish in WWE at the time. But like Jeremy, like you were saying, and like I'm saying a year from now is still a lot of time and things could change better or worse. But uh, yeah, my, my feeling is he's still a big, a big WWE guy has been for a little while for KO. Let's talk about the real news here. Kind of weird. If punk comes in, does that affect KO's decision? Well, punk needs to get tickets to survivor series. If he's going to be able to come in. So uh, talk about, I know we have a hard out at 12. Uh, So I saw somebody, I saw punk was just going to be on this local Chicago station yesterday. And I was like, I'll tune in. I feel like he's just going to talk like Blackhawk stuff. Like, that's it. And for the first part of it, that's all it was. Like, hey, let's talk about hockey. And then the the person asked, like, 
everybody's asking about you going to Survivor Series, Punk. There's this long pause that you you gotta hear to like hear how actually long it is. It feels like an eternity. This pause, and then he finally just says, "That's what they're asking, huh?" Like, I think it's hard to get tickets. I don't know. I think it's sold out. And then he's asked about, "Are you gonna go to WWE?" And he says, "Like, I'm, you know, hate to burst anybody's bubble. I'm enjoying my time. I'm enjoying the Chicago weather, which has to be a lie." Larry has a, a torn ACL. Shout, shout out to Larry. Hope things get better for him. Like it, it's like it's just easier if we're if AJ and I are both home type of thing. Didn't really give an answer, but obviously it was the talk of the town yesterday. And then he talked about unions, which is a lot of the same stuff he said before. If you've listened to enough punk over the years, he said this stuff. If KO come or if punk does come in, how does that change things? Because I, I you know, that's a that's a sticking point for some people potentially is like, there's a lot of contracts coming up. And if you're bringing in this guy who has this history, does that make people look a certain way of like, eh, one, how much is he making? Cause if he's making this much, then you got to pay me this much. <laughs> Cause this dude shouldn't be making more than me. Uh, I've been here. I've been, if you're Drew McIntyre and you're like, I've been here, I've been riding for this company. I've sold out some of these shows, clash of the castle, then do the numbers that it does without me. Like I've been doing all this media. You're bringing in this guy. I understand he's got history and stuff like that. He ain't drawing these towns though. He's working for that company drawing that much. I've been working here drawing this much. He's been having these issues. I've been on my best behavior. Like if you're Drew McIntyre and punk comes in. Yeah. I'd be seeing how much uh, punk makes and being like double that at the very least, double that and give me that. So I think that's the more than locker room and stuff because, you know, I don't think, I, I think Punk would be on his best behavior. For these guys with these contracts coming up, guys and girls, I'd be, if they bring in Punk, I'd be looking at that and be like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta now give me this because you brought this guy in. And not because, I, you know, he's a headache and stuff, but because this is what I've done in this company for however long. He ain't done that shit. KO's got to get Barry Bloom and get that favored nations uh, deal in his contract, get that favored nations clause. But you're right. There is a certain amount of like, we'll put it like this. If punk were to come back to WWE, those conversations would be had first because your top talent has to be okay with it and understand it. Some top talent, it would be an emotional thing. Some are going to be like money. What, what, what's not necessarily what's his money like, but like, you got to give me hazard pay now, or you got to give me something to make it known that I don't love it, but I'm a team player. You know, show me how much you want me to be a team player. There's something on there. There's something to that. You don't just hire the man and bring him into the locker room and be like, try to figure it out. You know, see in some instances, like you do, it's a business at that stuff. Like you want to talk about it with sports and everything. This is the hardened situation, right? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. But the team is just like, or the team officials are just like, don't travel with the team. You're poison. And then Harden's like, what I do? And the team is just like, you can show up. And then the team is like, eh, they got a point. I, mean, I guess you just got to show up and score, right? Like, is that kind of what's going on there? It, it is like more, more or less. But this is just in general, all of sports is uh, some players do want, like look at LeBron. Some players want that control. They want to be in the loop on that cell on that stuff they want to know like hey you ain't making this trade without me signing off on it you ain't bringing this guy into my locker room without me signing off of it and some players are like hey if this helps the team win 
I don't care. If this is going to make us a better team, we will figure it out. And, you know, if this guy has to go, the the, Gian- the Giannis situation, they traded Drew Holiday, very loved, very respected in that locker room. And Giannis said, and I don't know how much truth it, one, Giannis said, hey, you got to give me a winning team or else I ain't going nowhere or else I'm leaving. And then, you know, they gave him Damian Lillard, but they had to trade Drew Holiday, who was very loved and respected in that locker room. Joel doesn't know anything. Um now, Joel, Joel knows the hardest situation, clearly. Joel knows baseball. Um, uh, <laughs> Fantastic. No, um, so, but that, that's a situation when it comes to this stuff of some players want to know and some players don't. Drew McIntyre might be a guy who is like, I don't care. Bring him in. We'll make money. If he gets out of line, I'll punch him in the face. Drew probably feels strongly enough about this stuff where it's like, sure, bring in whoever you want. If there's a situation that needs to be handled, we'll handle it. Somebody like Seth might be a different situation of like, and eh, let's let's have a conversation about this. But Seth has always said like he he worked with Riddle. You know, Seth has always said like we can keep it professional. Like I ain't got to be friends with all these guys, but if there's an opportunity to make money, we'll make some money together. Roman Roman's only there like once a month anyway. He don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about roman in a minute but yeah go ahead yeah roman might just be like whatever yeah sure we might just keep him away from me i got my own bus everything but some some people want to know some people don't care you probably got to take a general feel of things though especially if it is somebody like like a cm punk because because of that history some people it's just like yeah sure bring like osprey probably a little bit different it's like yeah sure osprey you ain't got to get a general feel of stuff on that one um oh yeah roman <laughs> uh observer newsletter said no roman at survivor series he's got a match against la Knight this uh next saturday in saudi roman's gonna be on fs1 tonight on smackdown what do we think about no roman at survivor series is that is that detrimental is it just not doesn't matter to the story like this the, the the war games conversation has been ongoing. Like who who's in war games? Is there a war games? And also, could there be a traditional Survivor Series match and a war games match? What happens to the women as well for for Survivor Series? I'm still wondering about that. Is there a, a women's title match, or do we do a Survivor Series style match? What are you thinking with Survivor Series coming up? Uh, I still think there's a war games match. I've been saying this for months because I thought Cody was going to push for it. As far as Roman goes. Does he need to be on the show? I mean, it'd probably be a good look if he is. Uh, you probably want your long-reigning, undisputed WWE Universal Champion to be there. You already sold the tickets, though. Like, this is, you know, just to compare it to AEW with, like, the Wembley show. You did it without announcing a match. We did it with, like, it's the same thing with, with Survivor Series. Roman never said he's going to be on the show. I guess you can assume that he would have been, but, like... Here we are. Shows not just sold out, but continues to sell out because they keep removing parts of the set so that they can put more people in the building. Yeah, I mean, they they have already sold it. So maybe you don't need Roman in that aspect. You know, clearly people are going to be there. They're just happy to be at Survivor Series type of thing. You still got to deliver something good. And I think people will be happy with a War Games. You know, do do you get a women's War Games match? I don't know. Um, If Roman is on the show, like what's the... They still got two it's only a month actually i forgot november's very clear yeah, it's the end of like november. it's only a month like they're doing the la night match at the beginning of november what's the match for roman if like on three weeks build what what would it be 
Rey Mysterio. No, I don't know. You're right. What is the match? Is there something that would be big enough to make a world title match for for Roman? There isn't. Unless, again, you put Roman in in the War Games match again. Is it worthwhile? Like, what's what's the point? Unless Cody's captaining a team, Roman's captaining a team. But I don't even want them to. Nice. I don't even want them to bring that around yet because we just planted that seed a few weeks ago. Let's like lay out. Let's not bring it back until the new year. So here's here's what it is, Joel. Here's what it is. Okay. Show opens. Do the cold open, whatever video package and everything, right? Crowds, crowds crazy, crowds in a frenzy, and then we get Look in my eyes. What do you see? But then it's Roman Reigns who comes out and he goes Chicago, acknowledge me. It would be no, it would be it would be Paul Heyman doing that again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got him in the first half. <laughs> That's what it would be. And Roman just comes out and he's like, Chicago, acknowledge me. Chicago acknowledges him, and he just leaves after that. He's like, deuce, ooses, deuces, deuces, ooses, whatever. Somehow the, the roof opens up the, the, the people at the united center are just like i didn't know we had a retractable roof and then all of a sudden this like giant helicopter just flies in and just takes roman out and that's it oh man nah, just... i mean like roman probably should be on the show but they got they got the show pretty much sold out and then some at this point so we shall see we shall I, see when it comes I, to that i think john cena is going to be on the show and that's good enough really yeah, it it I know that Cena's not uh he's not being promoted or he's not being advertised for shows beyond tonight, which is a double taping by the way. So SmackDown is live and they're taping for next week because they'll be in Saudi Arabia. Uh so Cena will be on tonight's show and presumably next week's show. I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the the Survivor Series show. Mm. Don't know why, don't know how. It just it, it feels like if they're going to take out Roman, they want to replace with John. That's just that's just the hunch that I have. Uh, and also like we're seeing what's going on with the, uh, with the strikes, nothing's, nothing's officially done. Nothing's officially over with the actor strike. So John Cena has time. Um, maybe, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold completely on that. It is weird that like, uh, um, what was I saying that, uh, they don't have stuff like, you no, know, they got to get through Saudi first before you get into, uh, Survivor Series, and Survivor Series is like three weeks later. And the one thing that's clearly being set up is the War Games match. After that, I don't see too, too much the the direction of things. There's some hints, but nothing that I feel confident of like, oh yeah, this is probably happening. I think Gunther's going to get a big title match on that show. Don't know against who, but it feels like he'll get some type of title match. Um, maybe that's where they go with the women's match of uh, EO against Bianca type of thing. So there's stuff there, but this we'll see. See after Saudi. All right, we gotta we gotta roll. Don't we? Have to get out of here. Uh, uh, SmackDown tonight. Not much going on. Roman Reigns and LA Knight are signing the contract for Crown Jewel, and then the LWA looked. To yeah, looked. Yeah, they look to take down the Street Profits. Whatever that means, because they don't have anyone listed for a fight. I see Santos Escobar and Montez Ford at the forefront. So if that's a singles match, cool. That's a fun match. Uh, we'll be back on Monday talking about everything that happened this weekend. Jeremy, what do you want to plug? We get out of here. Follow me on Twitter, engage with all my tweets so I get that sweet, sweet engagement money. I'm going to go listen to the new Taylor Swift album, which is kind of new, kind of not, but 1989 Taylor's version. going to go listen to that.
There you go. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy Lambert 88. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll see you on Monday. Check out Rob and Maggie later on this afternoon here on Fightful Overbooked. Leave a thumbs up on the way out. And of course, subscribe to us here on the channel. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers.